Hello and welcome to episode seven of the Motivated Author podcast. I'm your host, Caroline Mitchell, and I'm a seven-figure New York Times best-selling author. But it hasn't always been this way. There was a time when I put my manuscript in a drawer for a whole year because I was convinced I wasn't good enough to write. Fast forward a few years and now I'm writing full-time and living a life I love. Now, my goal is to empower established and aspiring authors to create, believe and succeed with their writing. So stay tuned. Today, I'll be talking about how to write the first draft of your novel using NaNoWriMo and how to keep going when times get tough. So whether you're an aspiring author or an old sweat like me, I'm sure you'll find this useful. So National Novel Writing Month is almost upon us, although it's usually called NaNoWriMo for short. We're talking about writing a whopping 50,000 words in just 30 days. I know, I know, it sounds impossible, but it's how I wrote the first draft of my first fictional novel, Don't Turn Around. Believe me, it wasn't easy. I was working long hours in a demanding job. It's amazing how you can fit in the time with a little bit of determination. It can be done, my friend, and I am here to help you prepare for this writing marathon. So what is NaNoWriMo? Well, it's a bit of a tongue twister, isn't it? You should hear me trying to pronounce it on TikTok when I'm talking at double speed. But NaNoWriMo started all the way back in 1999. It's a yearly event that encourages writers to draft a 50,000 word novel every November. You don't actually write in NaNo, you write in your usual writing software and record the numbers or what you've done every day in NaNoWriMo. And it's not just about churning out words. It's a real community of writers and you're all doing the same thing at the same time. Writing can be lonely at times, so it's really great to connect with other people in the same boat. And you can even join local groups and have meetups in your area. I try to join in with NaNo every year because it really keeps me motivated to write. And even if I'm just editing or if I'm just starting to edit a book, I'll make that my goal to edit 50,000 words in a month. And that's a self-edit. I don't get that long with my publishers, believe me, but I do my very best in the early days when I'm whacking out that first draft to then self-edit and get it done on time. But I soon learned that if you want to finish your first draft on time, it really is so much easier if you prep first. To me, I can't just wake up on the 1st of November and decide, yeah, I'm going to write a novel. Well, I mean, you could, but we are talking about stacking the odds in our favour, so we actually finish the thing. Firstly, I recommend that you outline your plot or at least your key scenes before November. Now, I know, as I always say, lots of people are pantsers. They don't like to outline and that's absolutely fine. But if you're like me and you don't want to get stuck in that saggy middle as often happens, then I really, really recommend having some idea of the story that you're going to write, at least a beginning, a middle and an end, because you really don't want to hit a wall halfway through the month. And just a few lines for each chapter would do. It's all subject to change and nothing has to be set in stone. So if you can, find a dedicated writing space. Now, trust me, it's a real game changer for your focus. And I'm not talking about a fancy office. I mean, in the early days, I used to write in the train, at the hairdressers or in bed. But if you can find a space of your own where you won't be interrupted at a certain time every day, it really does help. And nowadays, I'm so lucky. I have my own office in my house and I work from home full time, so I definitely need it. But I don't do all of my work there. I bring my laptop everywhere with me and I write wherever I can. 
I recommend using writing tools and software that'll help you to be more efficient. So personally, I start with an A4 sized puka pad and pen. Now in the early days, I used to buy all these swanky notebooks. I mean, really expensive ones and I'd spend hours agonizing over which ones to use. I still do buy swanky notebooks, but I don't use them to outline the first draft of my book because I've often found that my first draft is such a mess of scribbles everywhere and it's like, oh my God, I'm destroying my lovely new notebook. <laughs> so these days I get an A4 pad and it's great. You can just rip out a page and scrunch it up and there's no harm done. And I've got loads of these pads because I start a new pad for every book and I probably only use half of it, but it really is great. And I love the little separators that separate settings and characters and plot that you can do it all separately and they're easy to find. So I would brainstorm, draw and generally faff about with different color pens and markers and even draw stick people if it helps me just to get that seed of an idea. Then once I've got a kind of a, an idea in my head or on paper, I'll start working in Scrivener and Scrivener is the best writing software I've ever used. I've tried others, but nothing can beat Scrivener because it has so many features and I'm sure I'm only using 10% of them, but they're really useful to me. You can get a free trial on my site, carolinemitchell.co. If you just pop over, have a look at the menu at the top of the page, it's a drop down menu and follow the link to my author tools. And that's what I recommend using. Now, after I've completed my first draft in Scrivener, I'll then transfer it to Microsoft Word to edit. And I love their feature. It just reads it all back to me. And I also just love the process of saying, right, that's 50,000 words in Scrivener. Now I'll put it in Word. And it just feels like I'm making progress because otherwise it can be quite daunting to do a 90,000 word book in, you know, in one spot at the same time. There's just something lovely about transferring it over to something else and then working on the draft and elaborating my scenes and adding all the magic to it. Now, I know it's probably not the best way for people to do. It. You probably are better off writing from start to finish, but go with what works for you. I just love it. And I love um, transferring to Word because then, as I said, I can use the feature which will read back the book to me. And Word itself has some great features and tools, too. Now, I know it can be daunting writing so many words, but, you know, it's only a first draft in Nano. It really doesn't have to be perfect. You'll still have a lot of work to do after it's done. But sometimes that first step is the hardest. So having that first draft is a huge step towards completing your finished novel. Usually people go all in for the first week and then it kind of the enthusiasm starts to drop off a bit after that. We're all guilty of slowing down when the novelty drops off. But Nano is such a great way of getting that writing habit ingrained. So it's really worth sticking with. So here are my top strategies for completing, not just starting, but completing NaNoWriMo. Well, firstly, pace yourself. Don't think of it as 50,000 words. Just turn it into daily targets of around 1,667 words a day. And NaNoWriMo is great because it will recalculate the words that you need to do to complete on time. And it's lovely seeing that graph and seeing you're making real progress. And as I've said before, join forums and social media groups. I mean, really give it a try because you've nothing to lose. Accountability is key and you'll be able to find a writing buddy where you can update each other on your progress and share your daily wins. Or, you know, if you have problems, then you can talk about that too. And setting writing rituals is another one, even if it's just as simple as making yourself a nice cup of tea or coffee and lighting a candle or an incense stick. 
A daily writing ritual kind of signals to your brain that it's time to get creative and turn off your phone, turn off your Wi-Fi if you've got the willpower and get writing for a set amount every single day. Now, so you've started NaNoWriMo and you're halfway through, then comes the dreaded slump. Believe me, everyone hits a roadblock. I've written 20 books now and I've learned how to negotiate my way around it and keep going. The trick is just not to let it derail you. But if you've plotted your scenes, then that's great. You can just skip to another one. You don't have to write in order. You can go back and fix that empty scene later. And sometimes, you know, you just need to know your characters a little better so they'll speak to you. But you can only do this through writing and editing. So it really is a case of keep going, keep going, listen to your characters, learn about them, and then you'll know them well enough to go back and fix that empty scene. But even if you free write, just write anything, it'll help you to get moving, even if it's rubbish. At least you've got something to fix afterward. And I have so many unused words. I save them in a folder called scraps. <laughs> and it's a bit like, you know, it ends up on the cutting room floor. I've been known to have a dig around in that folder and reuse certain scenes at a later date or even in a different book. So keep your scraps folder because you never know when these little scenes or settings or descriptions will come in use later on. It's a real win if you can go in and find even 200 words to add to your book. And also, it's really important to keep your mindset positive. So instead of thinking, oh, this is going to be so hard, really just switch that on its head. Keep things positive and focus on the end goal. The challenge, all right, it might be daunting, but you will learn so much from it. And at the end of November, you will have a finished first draft, which is a huge part of your book done. You'll have brought a whole world to life and created fully functioning characters. I mean, that's amazing. You'll have improved your writing skills. As I said, the more you write, the better you get. It's as simple as that. And you'll have a real sense of accomplishment. I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory, isn't it? You've actually written the first draft of a book and go into Nano and see the little badges that you get for each step. It's really great. Being an author is a marathon, definitely not a sprint. And the journey is full of obstacles. I won't sugarcoat it. It's not easy, but it can be done. And each time you overcome a challenge, you grow. Resilience isn't just about bouncing back. It's about coming back stronger and getting out of your own way sometimes. And that's why it's so important just to keep writing, keep learning, and most importantly, keep believing in yourself. And NaNoWriMo is fun. Go in and have that positive mindset, enjoy it, talk to people. And you know, the first time you write your book, you'll never do that again. So make the most of it because it is a magical time. Now, I put a tweet out last week and I got a lovely piece of advice from John Mars, who's a brilliant author and a great friend. And I just wanted to share it because I thought it was very wise. And the tweet was just asking people what would be their writing advice. And I've got loads to share in future episodes, but it really stayed in my mind what he said. And it's so true because I completely agree. He said, before you launch your writing career, decide if you're doing it for the love of it or if you want to earn a living from it. And if it's the latter, find the market that best suits you and work out at how you can fit in it and then write the book that people want to buy. And that's so important. If you want to make a living out of your writing, you must write the book that people will want to buy. Know your reader and your competition. And I love that because I can advise you on what the right thing is to do. But ultimately, we all have different goals. So don't just listen to me. Listen to as many opinions as you can, which will hopefully inspire you to form your own. 
If you want to grow your author career, then you have got to keep investing in it. You don't just write a book and hey, you're done. <laughs> it keeps going. And keep learning. Whatever stage you're at, you've got to keep learning. I know I do. Learn how to improve your writing all the time. Learn about dialogue and setting and pacing from lots of other authors because they all have something different to teach you. Learn about the business of being an author. Learn about the differences between digital publishing, self-publishing, traditional publishing and all the other forms of getting your work out there because believe me, there are more than you can imagine. One of my books is on an app called Chapters and The Silent Twin is an interactive game where you choose the ending. I mean, that's amazing, isn't it? I never even knew such a thing existed. And there you go. You can have your book on an app. So keep moving forward. I mean, take AI, for example, or ChatGPT. Instead of complaining about it, learn how to use it to your advantage. Because it's not AI that will take people's jobs. It's the people who know how to use it effectively. Now, I'm not saying use ChatGPT to write a book. I'm just saying treat it like you would spell check as an assistant if you need to. But obviously, no one can replace humans. And also, that is a huge part of making it work to your advantage. Nobody can replace humans in storytelling. And I know you'll see all these um, scary posts on social media saying we're all doomed. Honestly, you're not. Nobody can replace. Just treat AI like spell check. That's what I do. If I need um, AI to help me put out a tweet, and I'm stuck for words. I'll put in my tweet, which sounds a bit crappy, and then AI will magically make it better. Now, I don't do that all the time. And sometimes it's just for inspiration. And I think, well, I don't like that, but I like this. And I'll just take what I need from it. The same with Spellcheck. When they make suggestions, you don't accept every single suggestion. So what I'm saying is that is all AI is. It's a tool, okay, to be used if you need it. But also the advent of AI means that people will actively be seeking more human stories. So it's more important than ever to put in your knowledge and your experiences and fully flesh them out because no robot or AI in the world can do that. What's in your mind is yours alone. And that's why it's so important to inject that into your writing. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> I just want to show you that there is always a way forward, but you have to work at it. Things haven't always been perfect for me, oh, believe me. Early in my career, after my initial success with my Jennifer Knight series, I launched a crime series because I wanted to step away from the paranormal aspect. Jennifer Knight was crime with a spooky supernatural twist. But I was worried that I was missing out on a large audience who just didn't like the paranormal or a hint of supernatural in their crime. So I wrote what I termed straight crime. It was just a police procedural series. Knowing me, I had to make it a little bit different and give it a twist. And I had such high hopes for that series. I loved my protagonist, Ruby Preston, who was a bit like um, Luther, if you've ever watched a series on TV. I used to call it Luther in Heels. She was a great character and she lived and worked in Shoreditch in London. And, you know, as in all my books, you've got to have a bit of conflict. And hers was that she was deeply in love and had a lifelong relationship with a gangster named Nathan Crosby. Now, if there's such a thing as a good hearted gangster, then Nathan was it. And I was so confident about this series that I had everything planned in my head, the whole future of the series, the amount of books I was going to write, how it was all going to do. But the series just didn't perform as well as it should. And I was so invested in Ruby and Nathan's story that it broke my heart really to end it after just three books. And there are so many reasons why books don't do well. 
It could be the covers, the titles, the marketing just wasn't right for it. Or maybe readers just didn't want to read those types of books. I'd left my job to write full time and things just weren't going in the direction that they should. But guess what? I didn't let it get me down for very long. I was working on another book in the background, a standalone psychological thriller named Witness. And not only did I get that signed by a great new publisher, but I landed myself the agent that I had always wanted to. So who knows, had I kept going with Ruby, would I have got that agent? Maybe I would have just stayed where I was and been comfortable. You just never know what's around the corner and sometimes change really does work out for the best. Now, my point is you just have to keep going. Each book is different to the one before. And if you're writing for a living, believe me, it pays to stay one step ahead. Always be researching the market and always be looking at what your competition is doing. That's if you want to write for a living. If you just want to write for fun or if you've got a book in you and you want to get it out, you know what? Just enjoy the process and see what happens. Now, before I go, I just want to share that I am so excited. <laughs> Can you hear it in my voice? Excited and nervous and happy. And it's just a, a real thrill for me. I want to share that I've recently uploaded the outline for my new course, Plot Your Book in 14 Days. Now, it's on my website, carolinemitchell.co. Just the outline for now, but there will be updates soon. And as I said, I'm so excited about this course because now you can join the waiting list and check out all of the modules. And I would love to hear what you think about them. If you know of anyone who would benefit, then please do feel free to share. If NaNoWriMo is too much for you this year, then I'll be launching my new course in January 2024. So if your new year's resolution is to write a book in 2024, then I will guide you step by step. I hope you've enjoyed this week's podcast. Keep writing, keep moving forward and keep in touch. I'm everywhere on social media. If you go onto my site, carolinemitchell.co, you will find me and all the links to my social sites. I'd love to hear from you and I'd love to hear what you think about this podcast because every encouraging tweet really means the world to me. Until next week, I will see you soon. Happy writing. Bye bye for now.